lift your voice and magnify his name. Hallelujah. Father, we love you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. There's none like you, Father. Our God and our Savior are everything. They're all in all, Lord. Father, we want to just say how much you mean to us, Lord. You're our life giver, our life sustainer. Oh, God, you're our healer, our deliverer, our Savior, Father. How much we love you, Father. How much we praise you, Lord. Lord, there's none like you. There's no God like you, Father. Oh, Father, we just ask that you would come and dwell among us tonight and speak to our hearts and our lives. Lord, we're needy people, Father. We have needs, great needs. We have sickness that needs the healing, Lord. Lord, we need deliverances, Father. We need your touch, God. We need you, Father. And we want to lift up the mighty name of Jesus. There's no name like the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. There's healing in that name. There's deliverance in that name. There's everything that we have need of, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And you said we shall ask anything in your name, and it'll be given to us, Lord. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Father, we love you with all of our heart. Bless this service, Father. Bless us with your presence, Father. Bless each and every need we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews 13 and 8. Amen. Seems like quite a long time since we stood here. Amen. But we're glad to be here with you tonight. Amen. Very, very familiar scripture that no doubt we all could recite by heart for this one verse, but I want to read all the way down to verse 15. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Also in Joshua 3, 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Amen. God bless you today. You can be seated. I'd like to speak to you this evening on Jesus the same. And I think it was a very wonderful song to be brought out to on magnify the Lord with me. Amen. Because he has a name that's worthy to be praised. Amen. If there's any name that's worthy of praise, it's this name. If there's any name that's worthy of adoration, it's this name. You know, we live in a world that is shifting and changing so fast 
that it's almost very different from one day to the next day. You know, one day you can be at peace and the next day you can be at war and one day things can be going along pretty good and the next day it's all falling apart. It's a simply a fact that we live in an age when everything seems to be changing before our eyes and not, not years and, and, and decades, but very mo- this moments and minutes, things are changing. In fact, you know, technology is developing so quickly that, if, you know, if we listed the devices that represent the new technology today, tomorrow when you got out of bed, that new technology that we listed tonight could very well be outdated and something new took its place by morning. Because we are living in a very changing time. You know, uh, not only have we seen technology change quickly, but we've seen politics change quickly. We've seen political parties change quickly. We've seen national and international boundaries change very quickly and currencies change. And, you know, the list goes on and on because we're living in a changing world. And in the midst of this climate of sweeping changes, the world is being caught up. Scores of people have been, have been swept, swept into a, a, just a global shift in core biblical views and morals and, and, you know, even concerning the most basic of faith. You know, and things that people have been shifted very quickly and changed very quickly. People have abandoned the former things they held very dear and are grasping newer, easier, new, easier to live supposed truths. You know, in the midst of this ever-changing world, it's good to remember there's one thing that never changes. Man changes, government changes, uh, the world changes, city politics, uh, earthly politics changes, but there's one thing that never changes, and that's Jesus Christ. He, 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 he was in the past exactly who he is in the present. Amen. And precisely who he will be forever. Amen. What a, what a foundation we can stand on today. I, I'm thankful that my peace is not dependent upon my government or, or, or even my own life and things, because all that can be changed very quickly. But the peace that I have passes all understanding. Amen. The joy that I have does not come from the world and the things around me, but it comes from an unchanging source. And that source does not change depending on what politics says or or what the world says or what the world is dictating. Jesus Christ never changes. Amen. You know, uh, as we read here, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This, This word, the same, emphatically states that Jesus Christ is unchangeable. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for that. Because if he's unchangeable, then his attitude is unchanging, his thoughts are unchanging, his word is unchanging. As I've said before, I'm thankful I'm not serving a God who thinks of me one way one day and the next day he thinks of me a different way. That'd be a terrible way to live, amen? But the God that called us is the same God that loves us, is the same God that stands with us, and he's the same God who will never leave us or forsake us, but will be with us through the end of the world. That's a promise, amen? And so, you know, this, this, this word same means Jesus Christ is unchangeable. He's the one we can depend upon uh, to be the same regardless of time or regardless of the spirit of the age. Amen. He does not change no matter how dark it gets. He does not change no matter how sick, how bad the sickness gets. He don't change how bad, no matter how bad the political system gets. He don't change. Amen. God is God and he don't change. 
What he did did before, he was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I'm glad to serve him because he don't change. Amen. He's the one we can depend upon in our times of crisis because he don't change. Amen. He stays the same. He stays there. Amen. Upon his word. His word don't change. It's unshifting. It's unchangeable. It's unstoppable. It remains the same. No matter how hard the devil fights against it, no matter how hard all hell comes against it, it remains the same. Amen. And so we don't need to refigure or redefine who Jesus is or what he thinks or what his message is because he is the same. Hallelujah. And everything he represents is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. The word yesterday, it depicts all time that ever was up to this present moment. Or in other words, it describes all of the past. So Paul would say he was, he's the same today as he was yesterday. So if you want to know who God is today, go see who he was yesterday. Because the God that was yesterday is the God today. Amen. That's why we can say that Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New because we saw him operate and act exactly the same. He moved exactly the same. He delivered his people. He set his people free. He healed their sicknesses. He touched them. All the types in the Old Testament, he came and fulfilled in the New Testament the same. Hallelujah. Amen. The word today means today or at this very moment or this current age. It depicts the present, the right now. Amen. He is the same. And using these words together, yesterday, today, and forever, it shows or portrays a continuity. Amen. A continuity of God. The words yesterday and today are an, is a, an expression to show there's continuity. Amen. We find that Jesus isn't one way in the past and another way in the present. Or he, he isn't full of power one day and lost his power the next day. He isn't healing one day and can't heal the next day. It doesn't matter what man says about God. If God said he's the healer, he's still the healer. It doesn't matter what a church depicts or declares. It does not matter. That does not determine who he is. His word determines who he is. And his word says he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. He's already done those things. And what he did before, he still does today because he is the same. Amen. Whatever he was in the past is exactly who he is in the present. Therefore, if you dis discover Jesus of the past, you've also discovered Jesus of the present. Or if you've discovered Jesus of the future, and, or you've also discovered him of the future because he's continually the same. The word forever means in all ages of the future. And all, and all time to come. This phrase de depicts all future time to come, including all ages that will ever be known. So in the millennium, he'll be the same. In eternity, he'll be the same. Today, he's the same. You know, the prophet of God would begin to cry this out in his ministry as he would come here and begin to, that scream would begin to cry out. And he, said, he would say it like this. He said, the theme of my revivals is this, declaring to the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Amen. He said that through every critic and every type of criticism I, that I know that Satan has done everything I know could be done speaking of to try to overthrow that. But every time God has brought it out triumphantly and won a victory every time. Hallelujah. Check it. Test it. It's been tested. Government agents, everything else have seen it, sworn it. He said, I have a thorn in the flesh, an angel of Satan who follows and tries to buff it or tries to beset that. But he's been defeated in every case by the Holy Spirit. And God has come through every time triumphantly. And I am here to declare he's still the same. So if it came through every time triumphantly and back 50, 60 years ago, he's still the same. This God has not lost a battle and he's not about to lose a battle. Amen. Hallelujah. But he comes out every time winning and triumphant. This is what he would say. This is what was said of him when you can read in Revelations 2 about the one who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He, it, it, this is he of whom it is said, it's the same Jesus, both Lord and Christ. The only, the one and only, the Lord God Almighty, and beside him there is no other. There he is, the Savior, walking in the midst of the churches throughout the seven church ages. Amen. Did he save people in the first church age? Did he save them in the second church age? The third church age, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. Is he going to save somebody in the seventh? He has to because he's the same. Hallelujah. He didn't come to the seventh age to call it quits and say, I'm done with it and throw up his hands in defeat. No, sir. He came just as victorious and just as triumphant as he did in the first. He's doing it again in the last age. Hallelujah, and he's showing hell. Even tonight, I still heal. I still deliver. I still set free. Because I am the same. He's walking in the midst of his churches throughout the seven ages. What he was in the first age, he is in all ages. Oh, my, my, my. To every believer. How many believers do we have here in the building? Well, he's the same God to you as he was to Paul. He's the same God to you as he was to Moses, to Noah, all, of, all the Old Testament prophets and, and believers down through the Old Testament and all the ones down to the New. He's the same God to you, the believer, in this seventh church age. He is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did once, he's still doing. And will keep on doing. It does not matter what a church declares. It does not matter what man declares. It only matters what he said. And what he said, what, he's, what, what he did once, he's still doing. How You say, well, that's Brother Bradham. No, that's what the scripture says. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did once, he's still doing. Amen. What he did on the day of Pentecost, he's still doing. He's still filling with the Holy Ghost. He's still changing hearts. He's still lifting up young people. In the darkest age there's ever been, just like he did in the first days, he had young people that served him. In this hour, he has young people that serves him. Hallelujah. He's still raising the dead. He's still, he's still making the lame to walk. 
He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still doing all of that. The world will try to tell you he's not, but his word says he is. The word of the world will try to tell you he's not the same, but his word declares, I am the Lord God and I change not. He says, you notice, Jesus is walking along in the midst of the churches alone. There's no one else with him. Neither indeed can there be. For he alone wrought her salvation. Amen. (laughs) I don't see a man calls himself the Holy Spirit walking there. I don't see a man that calls himself Elohim, Elohim walking there. He alone walks in the churches. And the candlesticks. All the glory belongs to him. All the praise belongs to him. All the worship belongs to him. And if you're giving worship to a man, you're idolatry. You're a heathen. You need salvation in your dark, stricken soul. Because our God deserves all the glory. He goes on and says it. He says, See, there's no one else but him. He alone wrought her salvation and has purchased her with his own blood. He owns her. Man, that's some shouting grounds right there. (laughs) He owns her. How many's her there tonight? Then he owns you. The devil said he did, but the devil lied to you. He tried to keep you with his nonsense and his worldly thing, but that, that that wasn't who owned you. You were born in a fallen condition, but that's not who owns you. He owns you. God owns that body. And the devil can't do nothing with it. And she gives him all the glory. And that glory he will not share with another. Therefore, there is no pope with him. There's no archbishop with him. Mary, the mother of his earthly body, is not with him. There's not a prophet with him. Amen. There's no, there's no one else but him. He does not speak and turn to a father, for he is the father. He does not turn and give orders to the Holy Spirit, for he is God, the eternal spirit. And it is his life that's flowing and pulsating in the church and giving her life. And without him, there would be no life. Salvation is of the Lord. There is no one with him when he trods the fierceness of his wrath or the fiery furnace. It was not another. It was him who hung upon the cross and gave his blood. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the alpha and the omega of our salvation. And we are espoused to him and not another. We don't belong to the church. We belong to him. His word is law. Creeds, dogmas, bylaws, constitutions have no effect on us. Yes, it is Jesus alone who walks in the midst of his church. It is God in her, willing and doing his own good pleasure. Never forget that. You have only one relationship to God, and God has only one relationship to you, and that is Jesus and Jesus alone. He would tell you another place about the spirits of God. And he said it wasn't seven different spirits. It was one spirit working in seven church ages. It's one and the same. He said he will always be the same. He will always act the same. He said the seven messengers will have the same spirit and teach the same word and have the same power. 
And if the church is a true church, it will have the very same spirit, the very same word, the very same acts of power they had at Pentecost. Why? Because he's the same. And it's him walking through the churches. It's him. It's not a man. It's not a, it's not a prophet. It's not a pope. It's not an archbishop. It's him. Amen. And he said, if it's a true church, it'll have the same word. It'll have the same spirit. It'll have the same acts of the power they had in Pentecost. By experience, it will be a Pentecostal church. Because it's the same. There will be tongues. There will be interpretation and prophecies and healings. And God will be in the midst of her. And God will be in the midst of her. And God will declare himself in the midst of her as he always has. Woo, how did he declare himself as them two apostles walked to the gate called beautiful? That man was out there begging for alms. They said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I'll give it unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. And God declared what they said to be the truth because out of them came a power that would speak to a, a body that was lame and not walking and shriveled up and died. And all of a sudden, power would leave their lips and enter into a body and that body rise up and begin to dance and shout and give God praise. God was vindicated. I am in their midst. And if a church says they believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but deny his power, deny his works, deny his words, the church that believes in Jesus Christ will do the works of Jesus Christ. Because it has the life of Jesus Christ. He said, when a man stands and says he's a gospel preacher and wants to say the days of miracles are past, he said, that's a seed of discrepancy. When a man says and says he's a minister, a pastor of a church, someone, and he does not believe that Jesus Christ is the same in every detail. Look at the details. Amen. A lot of details there. But people want to cut some of them out because it don't fit what they're, they're, they, they think it ought to be anymore. He said, the same in every detail except the physical body, but the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a seed of discrepancy. <laughs> except the physical body. What is it now? It's not Jesus in one flesh anymore. Him walking through Minden and him, him going down the interstate in a car and him going to work. It's not him walking as he did 2,000 years ago, but we know on the day of Pentecost, he put forth his spirit into men. And it was no longer Jesus with them. It was Jesus in them. Amen. Jesus walking in them, talking in them. As we saw it, as we just talked about it, it was Jesus, the same Jesus that was just a few days ago in shoe leather, healing the lame, saving the lost, touching bodies, I mean, delivering bound people. All of a sudden now it's Jesus in a body. Again, but not that body, but many bodies. Amen. And this is what we believe in this day. It's not Jesus in a physical form as he was 2,000 years ago, but there still is a Jesus on this earth. 
there is still a body here on this earth and that body is called the bride of Jesus Christ and, but it's not her spirit, it's not her might, it's not her power, it's the same God working through her, speaking through her, touching lives, changing hearts, healing the sick. Hallelujah. Anyone that says the miracles in the apostolic ages pass as a seed of discrepancy. When they say there's no such a thing as divine healing, that's a seed of discrepancy. And the world is full of it. But the life, as we know, comes through the vine and we are the branches. But it's the same life. If it's not the same life in that branch, it'll give a different fruit. We, I mean, we've heard that, right? I mean, how many has ever grafted a tree? Anybody out there ever grafted a tree? I can remember somebody doing that, and they would take an orange and put it on another citrus and do things, and, and it was just amazing that, that that limb could still give forth whatever life was in it. But it could never bear the original because it wasn't of the original. But he said when that, when that vine ever puts forth another branch... It'll be just like the original. And it'll have the same fruits as the original. There'll be healings in that branch. There'll be deliverances in that branch. There'll be testimonies in that branch of God's amazing grace and salvations in that branch. There'll be baptism of the Holy Ghost in that branch. There'll be the lame that can walk again in that branch. There'll be the blind that can see again in that branch. There'll be so much healing and deliverance. Why? It's the same life. Amen. He said, if the vine ever puts forth another branch, it'll be the same kind of branch that the, Acts wrote, that the book of Acts was wrote on. It'll have the same doctrine. It'll have the same power. It'll show the same signs because it's the same kind of church they had at the beginning. Not a new church, the same kind. Not a new power, the same kind. He said it, I referenced it a while ago, but Malachi 3.6, he says, I am the Lord and I change not. It's man that changes him, not God that changes. He, man changes him. How's he changing? By changing his word. God cannot change. He's infinite. What he did before still works today. So he gave a prescription for overcoming and being baptized with the Holy Ghost, that prescription is still good today. I don't care what theologian says it ain't. And we get it a different way. And we get it without sensation. And it still happens the same way. Amen. The prescription will work every time if you give it the same way. This is the prophet of God. If you give it the same way, the prescription will work the same way. This, we're not dealing with a man-made prescription, a man-made drug where sometimes, you know, you can put it in, you know, uh, uh, Brother J.R. and uh, he'll have certain side effects. You can put it in Brother Aaron, he'll have other side effects. You can put it in me and he'll have other side effects. It's man-made stuff. But we're not talking about man-made creeds and man-made dogmas. We're talking about the life that was given on the day of Pentecost. Amen. It's not man-made. It's God-made. Therefore, it has the same side effect. If it's given to the, the same way that Peter gave it, it'll have the same effect on every person that takes it. 
It'll change their life. It'll rewrite their history. And mercy will be poured out upon them. And they'll never want to go back to what they ever was before. If it's given the same way, it'll have the same effects. It'll change their lives. It'll change their hearts. It'll change their motives. It'll change their objectives. It'll change everything about them. Why? Because if it's given the same way, it'll have the same effects. Hallelujah. And I believe we're living in a time that we ought to be giving it the same way Peter gave it. Men and brother, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. That's not a hope so. It'll have that effect. That's not a maybe. That's not a maybe some way. No, it'll have the same effect. The same one it had on Peter. It turned him from a, a man that couldn't hold his temper and he would say all kinds of things without even thinking. He would do all kinds of things to wherever Jesus would rebuke him and say, get behind me, Satan. And he would deny him. But when he took that prescription, it changed him. Amen. He stand up on a soapbox and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and 3,000 souls give their hearts to God. Why to have the same effect? It'll put something in you to want to tell somebody what God did for you. Amen. This prescription, this baptism, this Holy Ghost is the same power. It's not just shake hands and say, well, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm going to do better. You know, people get a little, they get that and they come through a prayer line and get a touch and they think, well, I'm just going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to do better. You know, I'm going to do better about my church attendance. I, I'm going to do better about things. And they're just turning over new leaves many times. But if it's ever went down and you took the prescription, there won't be no more turning over new leaves. Then it won't even be debatable if you need to be in the house of God or not. <laughs> Won't be no, you know, this prescription deals with your excuses. It changes your excuse. It takes away your excuses. The excuses of why you can't live it or won't learn, and won't clean up, won't change. Take the prescription. It'll deal with it. It'll change you. Amen. Same power. It's not turn a new leaf, new leaf and do better, shake hands with the preacher. No, sir, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. The power of God will come upon you and change your ways. He said, speak in tongues. You'll lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils. Do the same as they did. Amen. For how long? To the end of the disciples? That's what man wants to say. It's to the end of the disciples. That was just for the disciples or, or the greater works was just for the prophet. He would have put limitations on God. God don't put limitations on himself. Man puts limitations on God. Amen. He said to the end of the disciples, he said, you're a false prophet if you say that. For Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches us he's the same yesterday and the promise is unto you and your children and to them that are far off. 
He says, say it with me. How many? Every age, every generation, every color, every creed, for every, every, every whatever it is, as many as God calls. And if God calls you, he commands you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Ghost. Then Christ himself lives in you. And there's never no more uncertainty to it. You've got the Bible and you stand on it. You can live on it. You can die on it. And you'll rise on it. He said, just like Rebecca who watered the camel, the very camels that she watered, she rode out to meet her bridegroom. And the very God that we preach about, the very word, which is God, the very God that's in the word, will rise us up someday by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he said, and our critics will be killed by the same power that raises you into glory. Whoa. He says, oh my, rise up and ride on it. Hallelujah. What are you doing, Brother Timothy? Is it by our mind, by our power? No, it's by the power of the Holy Ghost and the bride of Jesus Christ that we can rise up and ride this word. Tie ourselves to this word and know this word won't fail us. It won't change. It's not going to change midstream, but it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're going to ride it all the way to our body change. Critics can rise up. They can rise up, but they're going to fall one of these days. But we, the bride of Christ, are going to rise above every critic, going to rise above every storm, going to rise above every devil, going to rise above every temptation, going to rise above every spirit of Laodicea and rise above it all. Riding on the word of God, the same word, has the same power, has the same effects, has the same works. In the life of the bride of Jesus Christ. Rise up and ride on it. It's time you get off your complexes and you get on the word. Oh, my, my, my. It's time you get off your feelings and get on the word. Ain't that right, Brother L? Get out of your feelings, right? It's time you get out of your feelings. Because feelings change. You know, people have had great feelings towards this church, and a few years later, they hated this church. Feelings change. Somebody can have a great feeling towards you, and weeks later, something can happen, or maybe nothing even happened. Feelings change. You can't ride your feelings. You can only ride the Word. Complexes, you can't ride complexes. Get off of them and get on the Word. Amen. Complexes is going to take you to destruction. Get off of them. Get on the word. It's the only thing that's going to get us out of here. It's a word that don't change. Hallelujah. You know, Paul Rader, he, say, he talks about, wrote the song, I only believe. All things are possible. I only believe. Believe in what? A church? A creed? No, you believe in Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. You know, we know the story, but he was in the missionary fields, fell sick, had some kind of fever that took him down. But he said anybody that knew him knew Paul was a believer in divine healing. I mean, that would no doubt be what would cause him to write the song the angel of the Lord loved to hear, only believe. Said he got real sick, kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And got getting dark in the room and asked his wife to come close. He said, honey, I, I may be going. Stand by my bedside and pray for me. 
As it kept getting darker, he just kept confessing the word. God, you're my healer. Darker. God, you're my healer. Darker. God, you're my See, God, it don't matter how dark it gets. God's word don't change. Amen. Kept on going. After a while, he passed completely out. Said he thought he had a dream. Back there in Oregon somewhere, you know, he's raised up. He's back there again. And he was a, 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 he used to chop wood and, and timber, a logger for a living. His boss was in the logwood, said, Paul, go up and take a certain tree about a certain size and bring it down here. And he said, all right. In this dream, he went up this hill and climbed it, smelling them wonderful pine needles, having himself a glorious time. Said he took the tree and he, he fell it, struck his axe down in it, took it down. Said it fell down. He trimmed all the limbs off of it and made it the size the boss asked. And said he reached down to grab it because the boss had told him to take it back to camp. Said he reached down and put his knees down and squatted down in the position. His muscles began to bulge and his legs. And he put all the effort he could into it, but he couldn't move it. He couldn't change it. He said, my, I've lost my strength. I, 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 can't, I can't get that log up. He said, I used to pack twice that size. Tried again and wrestled and wrestled until he just wore out. What was it? He said it was that fever just depleted him. And he said, here he was wrestling and trying to get it back to camp. He said, I just can't go no further. I'm gone. And he wrestled. And he said, Brother Adam would say, he said, that's the way a lot of people do. He said, they just take a word and they try to run it over here and make it say this and make it do that. Wrestle with it. Take it through seminaries, cut it out, cut this out, put this, make a Greek word out of it here, Hebrew word out of there. First thing you know, it becomes like that, and it's not the word of God no more because you're wrestling with it. He said, you're wrestling with it. You take it over to some Dr. Joe and this uh, Dr. PhD and ask him what he thinks about it and ask what this one thinks about it. He said, well, this is my mental telepathy. Other one said, it's fanaticism. Ah, oh, first thing you know, you wrestle it all the way down to a meeting and the scene, the Spirit of God come down and heard someone speak in unknown tongues and you're wrestling with it and call it a devil. Wrestling with it. He said, you hear people shout and you say, well, it's only just excitement. He said, you're just wrestling with it. He said, I seen a man stand on a platform by the power of discernment, tell people who they were, and out in the meetings and what was wrong, just the way the Bible said Jesus done, and show the sign of the Messiah. And I go ask my pastor, and you go ask him, he says, it's telepathy. And you just keep wrestling, and you never get anywhere. But directly he heard his, boy, his boss's voice call his name and say, Paul. He said, yes, boss. He said, my, that was the most sweetest voice I ever heard. He said, why are you wrestling with it for? So I turned around and said, it wasn't his boss. It was his real boss. It was Jesus standing there. He said, Paul, you're just wrestling with it, wrestling with it, wrestling with it. He said, you see that stream of water laying right there? He said, yeah. He said, the stream of water comes right down to the camp. He said, why don't you just roll that log down to that river and ride it on down to the camp? He said, oh, I never thought of that. So he just pushed it over in the water and he jumped on it. And the next thing you know, he began to go down those ripples and those rapids. He said he was just on it, splashing around, having a good time. And he began to scream out, I'm riding on it. 
I'm riding on it. And when he came to himself, he was standing in the middle of the floor, screaming to the top of his lungs, absolutely healed, saying, I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm riding on it. Hallelujah. The Bible said by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm riding on it. The Bible said they shall be there and their offspring with them. I'm riding on it. Hallelujah. The Bible said the works that I do shall you do also. I'm riding on it. Hallelujah. It's time some of you take those promises of God and quit wrestling on it, wrestling with it, and just roll it over into the stream of faith and say, God, I'm going to just jump on your word, and where it takes me, I'm going to go. And I know if I jump on a promise that says he's the Lord God and heals all my diseases, and I put it into the stream of faith, it's going to take me to my healing. It's going to take me to my deliverance. It's going to take me to all things are possible. Riding on it. Jesus is same in every detail except his physical body. Now it's not just one flesh or one man, but many. The mighty God, the same yesterday, today, and forever in flesh, hid behind human skin. Brother Ronnie Long spoke on Saturday morning. This comes to my mind. I'd suggest go listen to a wonderful sermon. All those was really good. But my, it's that Saturday morning as he spoke about God taking your flesh and your insecurities and your weaknesses and, and, and setting it up for the devil's defeat. Telling the devil it's a setup. As we heard Brother Andrew talk about Jesus as he walked to the maniac of Gadder and that, that man still stopped there and those demons looked in those eyes and said, how did you get in there? It's a setup. Yeah. Amen. The devil may look at you and he looked at Jesus and thought there ain't no way he could be the Messiah. He studied him, he tried him, he talked to him, he spoke to him, but I, he just couldn't because if he would have known that was the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he would have done everything he could to keep him as safe as possible. Don't touch him because you touch him and that blood's released, it's going to cause all kind of trouble. But he looked at him. He didn't know. He said, look too humbly. I, you know, look too humble. It wasn't impossible. This could be the Christ. Surely, if this was, you know, the devil no doubt talked to his demons and his security team many times and said, you know, I, 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 he can't be. I, how would God come in a little baby? How could he come in, in a human being? Of all things to choose, why would he choose one of them frail little things? One of them insignificant things. I look at all of them down through the ages. We killed every one of them. We have defeated every one of them. And there's, no, there's nothing they can do. Surely if he was going to come, he'd have come with a, 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 a thousand, ten thousand angels salute. Horns would have blown. And he'd have come out of the sky on a golden staircase and stepped down there. And yeah, then we'd have known that's God. But he didn't come that way. Insignificant. 
There's no way. But if it had been studying, God had been hid that way a long time. <laughs> See, the devil don't know everything. I know we like to give him a lot of credit, but he don't know. God has hid so much from him. If he had known what was going to happen in the upper room, he'd have done everything he could. If he'd have known what's going to happen in this service, he'd have done everything he could. Amen. The old badger skins hid the glory of God. Badger skins. Now, I don't know if it's the same what we call a badger, but apparently it wasn't a very good creature. And I know badgers ain't very good creatures, and I, I could see them being equated to human beings because they're not very good creatures. Evil. They'll take a baby's life without even thinking about it. Without even a moment's thought, just to just destroy life after life until we're now in the millions. And then murders and rapes and all the things that humans do to humans. And, God, and the devil's like, there's no way God could be there. Even people couldn't see it because it was a skin that held it. The glory of God held behind skin. And he said, now the glory of God is hid behind your skin. <laughs> the God that we've been speaking about with the same power, the same in every detail. Traditions don't see it. It's inside the veil where the word was. It was inside that skin back there, those old badger skins. There was no beauty we would desire. When it was made flesh and dwelt among it, there was no beauty there. But now the same thing today. There's nothing in a man or woman that can be desired. It's what's behind there. Well, you, that fellow I know, he used to be a drunkard. He used to be this. I don't care what he used to be. I like to shout it when I heard this. I don't care what he used to be. What's hid behind that skid now is what counts. <laughs> well, I used to do this, and I used to do that, and I used to be that. I don't care what used to be. What counts is who's behind you now. Skin, the skin blinds people. I remember when that woman used to do this. He said, I know what she used to do, but what about now? Them skins that was once on a badger, but now they're hiding the glory of God. Got a house behind it. It was an animal, but now it's housing the glory of God. Now, one important thing to realize about that badger skin was that badger was dead. There wasn't nothing in that badger that was alive. Try to hang those badgers on that tent. It would have tore the place to, death, to, to a part if it was alive. Yeah. Fighting and gnashing and carrying on and arguing and fussing. Oh, yeah, we, we still got some live badgers, don't we, in the church? You can't be put in that moment, in that place to hide the, the glory of God until that badger skin is dead. Yeah. Then it can hide the glory of God. Yeah. Then your skin can be changed. And he made a housing place for God, God indwelling in humanity. 
The whole badger's kins, we find out inside there was a word. And the word, there was a showbread, the ark sprinkled, the Shekinah glory. Now the word is a seed. It cannot bring forth into the sun. Strikes it. The sun's got to be on the seed to make it bring forth. You take the word, take the word of God in your heart, walk into the Shekinah glory. When you do, it'll bring the manna. It'll bring the showbread. It'll, it'll only, it's only given to a separated people. The only ones that can eat it, that's permitted to eat it, is people who's permitted to know it's there. Paul said, changing us from glory to glory, back to its original glory. He said, it's just like a seed of a morning glory, the seed of a flower, it falls in the ground. And the seed of a corn falls in the ground. What's the first thing? It comes up as a little sprout. All the way up into the tassel. Until where it's seed again. As I've said before, there's not a person in this world that's got any sense to put a corn seed in the ground expecting a green bean to come out. It ain't going to happen. It's not possible. If it's a corn at the beginning, it'll be a corn at the end. Amen. You can't get a, plant a green bead and get a pea. It's going to be what was planted in the ground is what's going to come forth. That's the laws of God. Every seed shall bring forth after its kind. Amen. So he planted the first church in the beginning. They went into the ground. Believers, Paul, all of those went into the ground, down to the dark ages. And we know as we saw the, ta- the blade, the tassel, all the way back to where we are today, back to seed again. Amen. So if it's had the, whatever, whatever power or whatever life was in that corn at the beginning, it's still the same in the, at the end. It's got life-sustaining power. It's got, amen, it's got the ability to give life. It's got the ability to sustain life, amen. So if God planted at the church at the beginning, he was not expecting a different church at the end. He was expecting the same church with the same power, with the same life, with the same works, with the same signs and wonders, same everything in every detail. Just different bodies. Hallelujah. Why? Because it wasn't the life of a man that was coming. It wasn't the life of a... Hello, somebody. It was the life of God. And he's moved all the way to where we're at. And it's brought him back exactly what he was at the beginning. This same ministry, the same Jesus, the same power, the same Holy Ghost. The same one that come down on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today from glory unto glory unto glory. It's back to the original sea with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The same signs, the same wonders, the same baptism, the same kind of people acting the same way, the same power, the same sensations. Well, I thought we were supposed to receive it without sensation. He said the same sensation. You know, people equate that to the quote Brother Branham talked about Mary. When she got pregnant, she received the seed without sensation. And they equate that to the Holy Ghost. No, Mary was getting pregnant, bringing forth the Son of God. But when Mary went up in the upper room, read it the other night, he said Mary went up there and she got just as idiotic as the rest of them did. He said, well, y'all a bunch of idiots, thank you. My brothers were too. You're a bunch of holy rollers, thank you. My brothers were too. You're a bunch of crazies, thank you. My brothers was too. 
You're a bunch of fanatics. Thank you. My brothers was too. I, 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 sorry, I don't understand. When we got a world of, full of fanatics, you talking about fanatics and crazies? We got a bunch of them. There's fanatics for the government. There's fanatics against the government. There's fanatics for this sports team. There's fanatics for that. There's fanatics for all kinds of stuff. Well, if the world can be fanatic about worldly things, how come I can't be a fanatic about godly things? How come I can't express the same God in my life that moved in Paul's life, that moved in Peter's life, that moved in Mary's life? He's changing us from glory to glory to glory in one of these days. It's going to change us from this old vile body into an immortal body, never to go back again. Hallelujah. Change us. The very molecules. Same wonders, same baptisms, same kind of people, acting the same way with the same power, same sensation. Glory to glory, the next will be changed from this glory into the body like his own glorious body where we shall see him. Hallelujah. Let's go to Joshua 4.1 for a moment. As we read, God spoke to Joshua and he said, As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. What was that saying? The very same God that was manifested in Moses is the same one that's going to manifest himself in your life. The same. Continuity. He didn't change. He didn't move. He didn't waver. He showed them to be the same very quickly. And in this scripture, it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. <laughs> and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua said to the twelve men, whom you had prepared the children of Israel out of every tribe of man, and Joshua said to them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulders. Upon his shoulders, according unto the number of the tribes of children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Why are these stones sitting here? Why do you keep bringing them up? Why do you keep talking about them? Why are they important? Why are they piled over there like that? He said, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it's passed over Jordan. And the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded. And they took 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, answering to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set the 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests were bare. The Ark of the Covenant stood, and they, were, they are there until this day. For the priests which bear the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until 
until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua and the people hastened and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priest in the presence of the people and the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, half the tribe of Manasseh, passed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them about 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of the Jericho. And on that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses. Why? Because they saw the same God that operated in Moses is now operated in Joshua. And God said, I want a memorial to mark this day that the same God that was in the Red Sea is the same God in the Jordan. And when your kids ask, what mean you by these stones? You can tell them, my God is the same. You can tell them, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's no doubt in your life, you witness him to be the same. Oh, hallelujah. We know stones also represent a testimony. Amen. Amen. God has allowed testimony. It's a testimony or a memorial that God has brought us safely to this place. The same God that led us to the Red Sea is the same God today. The same one that brought us to the wilderness is the same God today. The same one that spoke with Moses is now leading us. Why does ministers constantly bring the testimonies forward and place them there in a pile service after service after service? Amen. They bring the stone of deliverance and they lay it right there and say, see that stone? God healed cancer there. He healed it right now. See that stone? God healed a brain bleed there. He'll heal it right now. See that stone? God took a druggie off the streets and made him a son of God. He'll do the same again. Give me a little more volume. God is still the same. Hallelujah. God has given us our testimonies in this church as a memorial. You kids can never declare God don't heal cancer. Amen. Our young people can never say God don't raise somebody off a dead bed and put them on a place to praise God and to lift her voice and to give glory and honor to God. God did it. And if he did it then, he'll do it now. Hallelujah. I want to raise a rock of testimony tonight. Sister Lana, will you stand up? I'm raising a rock of testimony. God brought her through those raging waters. And the priesthood was anointed to preach faith in such a way that the rock could be brought out of that river and brought to your, to your view right now. I want the camera to look at her because I want Brother Ron to look at her. We have a stone here that says, my God heals cancer. Hallelujah. And if my God healed cancer, then he'll heal it now. Glory to God. He's still the same today as he was yesterday. He don't change. I said he don't change. Young people, he don't change. 
lift a stone up as a remembrance. Oh, hallelujah. I remember some stones being used one time over in the Old Testament, oh, Ahab, backslidden king and Jehoshaphat going after an enemy one time. And he met the prophet because the Jehoshaphat said, hey, we got to have the word of the Lord. We got to have somebody to speak the word of the Lord concerning these. Is there a prophet in Israel? Ahab said, yeah, well, this is old guy. He's a thorn in my side. I don't, I hate him. He said, well, let's hear what he's got to say. And they get to the, where the prophet was, and the prophet's mad because they didn't, he didn't come here. What, what are you doing here, you unrighteous thing? He said, if it wasn't for that man, I wouldn't even talk to you. Jehoshaphat. He said, but bring me a minstrel. And he brings him a minstrel and begins to play. And the spirit of the Lord begins to move. And the word of God speaks. It says, dig this valley full of ditches. You need water, dig these valleys full of ditches. You dig them out, and the more you dig out, the more I'm going to feel. And he said, down in those ditches, when you get deep enough, there's going to be some rocks down there. And I want you to grab those rocks. And when, when the enemy comes in, they begin to realize they're defeated, and they begin to run. Take those rocks with you. They are a testimony. Take those rocks with you, what God did for you here this night. That he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you take that rock and you go to that old former well of that enemy and you throw it in that well and say, God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do we have some people that's dug some ditches and they found a rock. They found a promise of God. And we're going to the enemy's camp and we're throwing it in the well of unbelief and say, my God's still saved. My God's still healed. My God's still delivered. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, hallelujah. He's a rock that'll throw in that old former well and say, yes, I'm going to praise God. You can sit down on your haunches. You can declare that it don't move like that. I know he's the same. He's still the same in every detail. He still moves. He still makes drugs. He still fills with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to bless his name. Because there's a name worth blessing. It's a name worth lifting up. What was that rock? It was Jesus. If you'll reach down and you'll get aside all that quagmire and all that mud and all that dirt and that root of bitterness out of your heart and that old thing that's been holding you back and you chunk it out of there and you look down, there's Jesus down there. I found him. You can go back to that old stagnant well that you've been drinking out of and throw it in there and drink from the water of life. Because he is the same yesterday, today. What do you mean by these stones? He's still the same. He still delivers. He still sets free. He still comes on the scene. He still takes people out of the lost life, lost lives and changes their heart and puts a fire on the inside of them to believe all things are possible. Oh, hallelujah. He's still the same. You can remain standing. He said, what's in the church? How do you get into it? What is the church? How do you get into it? When you're, ever, when you're in there, everything that Jesus Christ was, you are. Hello, somebody. 
Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what the prophet of God said? And when you're in this church, everything that Jesus Christ was, you are. You become, he becomes you that you might become him. He said many times the thing of it, we're scared to use it or either that or we're not cooperating with his word. He said, oh, hallelujah. He said, it makes me want to shout. I know he's here. And I want to declare the same thing. He's here. I'm positive he's here. How can you say that? Because his word says he's here. Well, have you felt him? Yeah, I have felt him, but that's not what declares he's here. What declares it is his word says he's here. Amen. He said, I know that there's a, there is now quickening power enough in the church to heal every person that's here. He's the same. Well, how come we can't expect the same? Brother Branham apparently had those expectations. How come we can't have those? Is he the same? Then let's have those kind of expectations. There's enough quickening power in this church to heal every sick person in here. Hallelujah. He said, do you believe in praying for the sick? Do you believe they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? How many believe that tonight? Then lay your hands on each other right now. Lay your hands on each other right now. Put your hands over in each other. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for the next person and they are praying for you. He says, now, Lord, how I thank you to stand here on this platform and preach a word that's so contrary to the people thinking today till they'd call it heresy, call it spiritualism and evil spirits like they did Beelzebub. But you see, you're right here in the audience right now, and you're here to prove exactly what's been preached. The devil is trying to mess up the microphones. He tried to mess up people's thoughts. He's trying to keep them from getting it. But I believe they'll get it. They'll get it anyhow. I asked for them to get it. I asked for them to receive it. Oh, oh, let these believers with quickening power, if they don't live to see your coming, but that quickening power will raise them up in the last day. Granted just now, Lord, that the quickening power will quicken their faith to what they're doing. There's a believer that's got hands on another believer, a body to a body, a power to a power. It's the power of God and by the Son of God and by a daughter of God. Oh, God, Satan, turn this people loose that they be healed by the resurrecting power of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, your hands on the people. It's got quickening power in them. You've been quickened by the lamb. You've been quickened by the blood. Has the power of God been manifested? Are you in the church? Are you in the church? Oh, hallelujah. With them hands of these people, those lives that changed from street walkers, from drunkards, from prostitutes, to genuine saints of God, their hands are laying upon you. They're in the church by Holy Ghost baptism, and the same power is in them that was on Elijah's bones. Oh, hallelujah. He's alive. He's up from the dead. He's showing himself. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, turn it loose. Sickness, take your hands off of God's property. Oh, hallelujah. Take your hands off of this vessel in the name of Jesus Christ. Take your hands off the barren wounds and let life come forth. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's quickening power here that'll open every grave, that'll make every lame walk, 
and open every blinded eye. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Satan, I defy you. You're not anointed with some uh, broken spirit. I defy you in the name of Jesus Christ. But the Holy Ghost is here to arrest you. You're not put a, a depression upon the people of God. I defy you. The Holy Ghost is here to arrest you. There's quickening power in this building. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Holy Ghost is being received right now. The power of God is being pushed out in your body. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ because he is the same. The same power is in you that was on Elijah's bones. Well, the power that was in Elijah's bones made a dead man that was thrown on his body get up and walk out of a grave run out of a grave I'm looking for dead bodies tonight to run out of graves run out of that barrenness run out of that spirit of depression run out of that fear and anxiety there's a power here tonight run out of that cancer run out of that thing that's trying to hold you run out in the name of Jesus the prison bars are open Can we say it like the prophet of God said it? Like the Jesus told him to say, house of hell, give way in the name of Jesus Christ. We have lifted that name up tonight. He is the same. Let's say it like this tonight. Cancer, give way in the name of Jesus Christ. High blood pressure, give way. Spirits of every kind, give way. This is our land. How dare you come on our land? This is my promise. Get off of it. I'm riding on it. I'm riding to my healing. I'm riding to my joy. I'm riding to my salvation. I'm riding to my body change. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, we prayed. We've asked. We've called on the name of the Lord. Now throw up your hands and praise the mighty name of Jesus. Praise him. He's a king of kings. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. Oh, God, we love you, Father. We praise you, Lord. There is none like you, Father. You're our God. You're our Savior. You're our everything. You're all in all, God. There's none like you, Lord. I lift up the mighty name of Jesus. And I cast down fears and anxieties, spirits of every kind are under my feet. And I praise the mighty name. Oh, I know what praise them to do. Praise them to cause blinded eyes to come back. Praise them to cause strength to come back. Praise and to cause a little boy to get out of the floor and walk all over the building. Amen. That's what praise to do. God inhabits the praise of his people. Why don't you make sure I praise him enough? I'm giving him enough praise. God's been good to me. 
Has it been good to you, brother John? Has it been good to you, brothers and sisters? Has it changed your life? Has it set you free? Oh, glory to God.
Hallelujah. Lift your hands to him right now. Worship him. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. He's the one that lifts her head up. Lifts you up above the shadows, all the problems around the world. Amen. He's God over every situation, over every disease, because he's the same today as he always was. Isn't it great tonight to know he's the same? He's the same in this service. He is the same right now. He is the same for you tonight. Amen. To heal your sickness, to deliver you of your problem. He's God over everything. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's just sing it again. I will praise the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord, the lifter of my head. Praise the rock of my salvation. Amen. All my days are in his faithful hands. I will praise the people same in every detail but his corporal body amen if he wants healed he still heals if he wants saved he still saved what's delivers he still delivers if he ever filled with the holy ghost he'll still fill with the holy ghost amen if he ever put a shout of the king in the midst of his people he'll put a shout of the king in the midst of his people amen because he's that god Amen. Is that God? Amen. Let's sing that song. Jesus is alive and well. Amen. Do you believe he's alive and well tonight? Amen. He's alive and well. He's living in me to tell the world that he
people to know he's not just alive and well in some heaven somewhere way far away but he's living in his people to identify he's still the same amen using your body to tell the world jesus christ is alive amen and i am that testimony i am that testimony of the grace of almighty god what a wonderful thing tonight to hear these words of promise amen thank you jesus thank you jesus